0: 2,000 years ago, in an obscure village, a child was born of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where where he worked as a carpenter until he was 30. Then for three years, he became an itinerant preacher. This man never went to seminary or college. He never wrote a book. He never held public office. He never had a family nor owned a home. He never put his foot inside a big city, nor traveled 200 miles from his birthplace. And though he never did any of these things that usually accompanied greatness, throngs of people followed him. He had no credentials but himself. While he was still young, the tide of public opinion turned against him. His followers ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of trial. He was sentenced to death on a cross between two thieves while he was, while, excuse me, while he was dying his executioners gambled for the only piece of property that he had on earth the simple coat that he was wearing his body was laid in a borrowed grave provided by a compassionate friend But three days later, this man arose from the dead, living proof that he was and he had claimed to be the Savior that God had sent. The incarnate Son of God. Nineteen centuries have come and gone. Today, the risen Lord Jesus Christ is the center, the central figure of the human race. On our calendars, his birth divides history in two eras. One day of every week is set aside in remembrance of him. And our two most important holidays celebrate his birth and resurrection. On church steeples around the world, his cross became, became, has become the symbol of victory over sin and death. This one man's life has furnished the theme for more songs, more books, more poems, more paintings than any other person or event in history. Thousands of colleges, hospitals, orphanages, and other institutions have been founded in honor of this one who gave his life for us. (laughs) <laughs> it's, that's why I'm, I, I, it's hard to keep a straight face I love it and lastly all of the armies that have ever marched all of the governments that ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned have not affected the course of history as much as this one solitary life now, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and King, just a couple thoughts for us as we go home. What an amazing time. What a beautiful crew we got, right? <laughs> I just. Uh, I just, have two, I just have two quick thoughts I want to share with you, uh, and then we're going to sing a few more songs, and the kids will be dismissed to come find you after uh, this first song that we sing. But I just want to talk to everybody, even you guys up here, about two things to remember uh, this time of year at Christmas. Obviously, every person in here uh, is faced with circumstance. Uh, and honestly, for these guys... They're pretty excited about their circumstance right now. Even though their stomach is like turning over and over and they're like, (laughs) all right, hurry up, Pastor Corey. I want to get off the stage. But inside, they're excited about tomorrow. Uh, They're excited about the season. They're excited about snow. They're excited about not going to school for a week, right? And in all this excitement, it's easy to see life. It's easy to see life from our perspective. So this month, we've been talking about the stories of Christmas. And each week, we've been seeing the story of Christmas from a different perspective. First, we saw it from the story of Christmas, from Mary's perspective. And then we saw it, uh, Pastor Cameron taught on the story of Christmas from Herod's perspective. Uh, Last week, I taught on the Christmas story from the shepherd's perspective. And today is kind of a culmination of all you amazing little people uh, that have done an amazing job today of the story of Christmas from God's perspective, from God the Father's perspective. This is something that we don't think a whole lot about. We know, as it says in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, his only one-of-a-kind Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life in heaven with God. So think about it from an angle. Like, I know there's a lot happening on earth, and this seems, as we talked about last week, this may seem somewhat normal, that shepherds and kings, and, and you put babies in, uh, in barns and, and, or caves with feeding troughs. It's just completely normal as we see the story. But you know and I know that from God's perspective... It all seemed completely normal. It truly did. In fact, every part of it was a part of his plan. But I want to just point out two quick things from the perspective of God the Father looking down, seeing the birth of his son Jesus. Now, if you've seen any good story, or even in your own story in your life, sometimes it's really easy to zoom in, and sometimes your circumstance is like right here. And sometimes that's needed. Sometimes you need to, like, really get in to what's going on and find out what's happening and seeing all the details and seeing it through the lens of that. But sometimes, sometimes we need to zoom out of our own perspective. We need to zoom out of what we're feeling and see it from someone else's perspective or perhaps a greater zoomed-out perspective. So God's perspective on this story zoomed in. Think about this. I know we idealize uh, Mary, and idealize Joseph, and the shepherds, and all these characters, right? (laughs) And they are characters, right? And in their story, it's easy to think that they weren't facing major difficulty and circumstance that maybe even you today are facing. It's easy to walk in church and think, oh, yeah, Mary, that great, God chose her, and Everything was just easy. But if you zoom in, if, you, if from God's pers- perspective, if you zoom in on Mary, you zoom in on Joseph, you zoom in on, where's my shepherds? If you zoom in on these shepherds, and you zoom in on all these people in the Christmas story, you see circumstance. And they see circumstance because they're living it. And for you this Christmas, maybe your circumstance is all you see. That maybe nobody cares. That maybe nobody knows. That maybe nobody's paying attention to your story. Or your circumstance. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that just like in this story, they could validate their life and feel like nobody cares or nobody sees their story or nobody, nobody had to go through what Mary went through or what Joseph went through in the faith and the trust that it took for them to just simply trust God and his plan. And I want to challenge you with the same. As you zoom into your life, and as we all have these circumstances that may not be so ideal, and as you zoom in, I want you to know this, that your neighbor, the person next to you, in front of you, or behind you, or myself, or the world, they may not see, they may not be able to zoom in on your circumstance. But I want you to know that God does. That God can. And that God is zooming in. He knows everything about you. He knows how much he's like planned for you. How much he has ahead of you. How he wants to redeem everything that you've been through in the past, in the present, in the future. This story, guys, zooming into this story, to that baby. That all these other characters were just a background to the main event. That in your life, there's, Jesus is there. If you zoom in, Jesus is working. Jesus is present. Jesus is waiting and ready to know you. And he wants more than that for you to know him and his goodness and his mercy on your life. And so we want to invite you to, to begin a relationship with that Jesus. We want to invite you in to that step of faith and trusting in why Jesus came To die for our sins. And even in the circumstance that you may be facing. Guys, this is why the Christmas story is so magical and amazing, but not magical as in make-believe, but absolutely true. Because something we can truly find ourselves in the story. We can truly zoom in and see our lives in these lives. Secondly, you zoom in, yes. But here's the thing: from God's perspective. When he zoomed out, (laughs) when he zoomed out, he saw the mosaic of all these beautiful parts of the great story. And in the parts of this great story, God didn't just see the little uh, failures or aspects that made these people's lives so difficult. He saw the beauty he saw the beauty. But do you know that, you know, it, it talks, we, we talked last week specifically out of Luke 2 where it says that, uh, that for the angels coming to visit Mary and that there will be glory in the highest, meaning glory in the heavens, glory in the highest to God the Father, but on earth, what? Peace. Glory to God in the highest, but peace on earth. Glory and peace. And in that perspective of zooming in and zooming out, it allows God to do this the most miraculous thing. Here it is. God was at many times in the word silent in this story. And actually, it's not a whole lot of recordings in the Gospels about Jesus' childhood um, and what God, had to, God the Father had to say. But the beginning of Jesus' ministry, as well as at his birth, God God the Father expressed him being pleased by his son. He he saw the greater picture. Not because of how glorious that they honored this king. God knew his son was king. Because his son was God. His, His son was the son of God. And he knew that. And even in his identity. So as he zoomed out, he saw the grand picture. But here's the last part I want to point out: <laughs> when God saw Jesus, how did God the Father see Jesus? Now think about it from his, from where he's at. If you, ever, if you have children, uh, and maybe you're at this spot right now, you're like, I cannot believe I let my kid uh, do that, right? Uh, maybe hopefully not this situation. Hopefully this is a, a good situation. But if you ever sent your kid somewhere, or maybe maybe perhaps it's a it's a sport they play or something they do, and they get hurt? And your first your first inks, instinct is like, I cannot believe I sent them or let them go do that because they were harmed in the process. See this from God the Father's perspective. He sent His Son, His only begotten Son, to be born under those circumstances to be completely dishonored and then eventually in his life to be murdered to be betrayed why would God the Father do such a thing because he trusted the process that he in his sovereign will ordained to redeem you to redeem me to save me and this was the beautiful picture that God trusted that in his son. He believed that his son wasn't just a baby, wasn't just a man, but that he was fully God as well. And in that, he would, he didn't need the glory in this moment, even though he got the glory in this moment. He needed, or he was content in knowing that he eventually would be the king of kings, the lord of lords, the prince of peace, and that every knee would bow, And every tongue would confess that his son, that his son, that baby Jesus, would be Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. God had the patience to redeem us. He had the foreknowledge and the plan and the sovereignty to redeem us to himself. Praise God that he was able to zoom in and zoom out and see it all well this morning I know we have a few more songs to sing but I want to just simply remind you of the purpose and the idea and the glory of all this is not all the circumstances that play into it it's zooming in to that child, that baby that son of God who came to rescue and redeem us all Amen. Mm -hmm. Would you pray with me, and would you stand with me? God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the celebration of being able to zoom in and to zoom out, to be able to see it all, that you are everywhere and all-knowing. We just honor you. We praise you. We celebrate you. We're reminded of you came not to just make this season great, but to completely redeem us, to bring us salvation so that we can be completely forgiven, so that we can be completely reunited and restored to you. God, we just praise you and we just shout it loud that this is the season where you will be honored and praised. Jesus name.